wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time, welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your presenter of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. It's a real privilege to be able to share with you. This week, we're following a New Year's theme. We're going to be looking at that subject of New Year's resolutions. Don't you love uh, having a New Year's resolution? On Monday, uh, we actually asked the question, uh, how are New Year's resolutions? Are they the ultimate embarrassment Yesterday, we looked at physical resolutions and simply asked, does the Bible agree with all the research out there? And today, we're going to look at some resolutions that might benefit your family. We want to suggest a few resolutions that you may not have thought of. Now, today... Our regular co-host uh, is our regular Wednesday uh, presenter, Pastor David Butcher, and David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in South Oz. Welcome to you, David. Welcome, Gary. Have you survived? Uh, did you survive Christmas? I did, only just, mind you. Uh, all the family was around, and uh, it was a rip-roar of a day. Uh, in fact, we had ours over two days. Two days. Uh, two days we had ours over two days because uh, one of my children had to go to their in-laws' uh, place on uh, uh, on the first day, so they came to our place on Boxing Day. So we actually had it over two days. So we had, uh, uh, well, some might say double trouble. Uh, I'll say <laughs> I'll say double blessings. And, um, and Gary, on Boxing Day, you have uh, something you also like to do on Boxing Day. Oh uh, yeah, I do, look, I do like watching the uh, uh, the Australia Day test that always comes out of. Melbourne there normally uh, my, uh, my my children normally give me a a, uh, a ticket to the one day match here in uh, Adelaide that often occurs actually the um, Australia Day long weekend and uh, I do enjoy watching some of the uh, uh, some of the cricket it's uh, it's an amazing experience it really is uh, Australia functioning at its at its best. Uh, but tell us, David, you um, you've had any you made any new New Year's resolutions? Gary, I am, um, I'm not good at these things, and so I tend to steer completely away from them. But, um, as I've been reading, you know, preparing for our segment this afternoon, um, yeah, I've been reminded that it uh, probably is a good thing. Although I did read something, you know, I might have got the, the ratio mixed up, but about 80% of, of New Year's resolutions, uh, have been unfulfilled. Um, not worked by February. Exactly, exactly. I read something very similar. It was two or three weeks seemed to be about the the, the limit of most uh, New Year's resolutions. And that's where most people take out gym memberships, don't they? All those sorts of things. And look, I, I think uh, I think there is validity in reflecting on the year that's gone, having some stillness, some quiet time to say, well, how has things gone this year? What how can, can I, I do things better? How can I do things better? 
and and we're going to talk about that i guess but but uh, probably i think if you chose one or two things to focus on rather than having a whole stack of things yeah yeah very true very true look dave let's come to our um, our world watch uh, segment and uh, this is uh, an article that uh, it actually reflects on a book that's just been uh, written just uh, uh, a few weeks back been released uh, it uh, the article was entitled and it comes from the religion news service want to fix america's woes start by getting to know your neighbor Research says Seth Kaplan, a researcher at John Hopkins uh, University who studies fragile states around the world, argues that rebuilding social capital, including religious congregations, can help address some of the more pressing social problems that we face. Uh, Get to know your neighbours, then get to work making the community you live in better for everyone, he says. Stop thinking that the best use of your time is to advocate for something in politics or advocate for something far away, said Kaplan, author of a new book. The new book was entitled Fragile Neighbourhoods, Repairing American Society One Zip Code at a Time. In a recent interview, he said, look for something close to home that you can do. You can have... Uh, you um, you have to think of real people and real places and how you can contribute to them. Kaplan, a, a professorial lecturer at uh, John Hopkins University who studies so-called fragile states around the world, believes that politics and advocacy matter, but he thinks too many Americans neglect the community right outside their door, to their detriment and to the detriment of their neighbours. Humans, he points out, are innately social creatures and have long maintained close ties to people and institutions in their immediate communities. Today, Americans have largely abandoned that approach, instead choosing to form community through more distant networks of friends and colleagues with similar interests, often online, with less involvement in the place that they live. That's one reason, Kaplan argues in his book, that American society has become so fragile. Beyond the home, we don't belong to a place. We don't belong to mutual aid societies, ethnic clubs. We don't belong to civic organisations or religious congregations the way our parents did, he writes. We don't have those kind of close-knit relationships with our extended family and friends that we used to have. Neither do we interact much with our neighbours, leaving many without a support system to call on in times of, of crisis. He he suggested that many are materially rich and relationship poor. People in crisis are more likely to turn to the smartphone than to their neighbour. That may help you for one problem or two problems, Kaplan told Religious News Service. That doesn't make you feel secure as a person. It makes you feel anxious. It makes you feel vulnerable. You're afraid to show people that you have a problem, and that's not a healthy way to live. Many religious groups in the United States have tried to adapt to a network-based social structure by abandoning a parish model of congregational life, replacing their houses of worship with close 
ties to the community with a consumeristic faith that focuses on providing spiritual content but not building a thick community where people bond deeply and share tasks and rituals. Worshippers instead get a sermon and programs, but they aren't tied into a community where they belong outside of worship services. Kaplan believes American faith communities have really thinned out as a result. Now you know, David. When I was actually reading this uh, this particular article, to me it actually it actually challenged me. You know, one of the best ways he says to build community is to get to know your neighbours. Tell me, how well do you know your neighbours? That's a really good question, Gary. Um, uh, at the moment, yeah. Look, some of them we know quite well, really well, actually. Others uh, not so much. And I, I just reflect as you're asking that question. Um, this is the longest. Uh, I've been married 28 years in January, yeah. and this is the longest place that we've lived in. Uh, we've lived in this particular house now for six years. Wow. Uh, and, and, well, by January it'll be six years. Uh, January, late January um, of, of this month it'll be six years. So it's the longest place we've lived in the one one location, one house. And um, so, yeah, we've got some Vietnamese neighbours on one side with four boys and they're lovely, lovely people, really incredible. Um, we've got a neighbour over the back that often I meet uh, while we're cutting branches off palm trees in both our backyards up on ladders, you know, three, four metres off the ground. And um, then there's a, a wonderful lady over the road, a uh, single mum with four children. And, yeah, it's really good. And what I found, Gary, over the Christmas period, which obviously is now behind us, um, but... Uh, what I noticed was, particularly my wife, and she's a real communicator, mm, more than mm, me, I just mm. like my own headspace, but but uh, putting out Christmas decorations and lights and things on our gates and ribbons on things, I mean, our kids got actually involved in that as well, but just connecting with other neighbours that are doing the same thing. And within our street or our section of the street, there's, I don't know, I'm not involved in it, but there's a Facebook group or something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, people connect via that way, which is still not as good as face-to-face, yeah. but... One of the um, one of the places we've lived in, <clears throat> we actually had a church member living directly behind us, and wow. um, and, and so we knew them quite well. Uh, one particular day, their trampoline uh, took off and uh, up over a, like a six foot fence, and off it went. But um, he'd regularly pop his head over and um, and and say good day. And um, yeah, we've had some really good neighbours. Mm. Uh, we've also had neighbours uh, when we first got married one of the places we lived in in a different state um the uh, special operations group police force would uh, would often come there and have them face down on the road in handcuffs we knew them really well that that, that particular family and uh, we shared a driveway and if you wanted to, you could spit from one house to the next. Mm. No, we didn't. Mm. But uh, we certainly knew what was going on in their house with the yeah. language. And But they were very good pre- people to us. They said, you'll never be broken into while you live next to us. And that <laughs> proved to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And David, look, you know, I'm so conscious of that. You know, like you, I know that I where I've I've lived, I mean, we've certainly got uh, one neighbour on our right-hand side that actually cha- the house has changed. You know, the people in it have changed every uh, probably every uh, 18 months there's been a change in occupancy there so we've never got a chance to really uh, dig deep with those 
people. But on the other side of us, uh, we've got a, a gentleman and his children, and it's great to be able to just sit and just talk with him when you're wandering out the front, uh, chopping a few branches off your off your tree or something uh, or something like that. But you know, David, it's this: there is an atmosphere about a neighbour. A neighbour isn't just the person who you live next door to. No. It's also, you know, you're the extended community. Do you think we've lost something by losing that extended community? Look, we have, Gary. When I was a child, um, some people probably still think I am, but when I was a child, uh, our neighbours would come in uh, continually and vice versa, two girls next door, and they were like extended family. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... Times have changed. You know, we now have garages, uh, which weren't as common when I was a child. Uh, we now have garages with roller doors with remotes that you get home. And, in fact, even on our house, we've got an automatic gate. Yes. <laughs> so you don't have to get out of the car. You can drive straight into your house. The roller door can go down and, and you're shut away from the outside world. And so I do agree with you. There, we've lost a sense of community and of belonging. Yeah. A- and... Um, even myself, you know, I've shared some examples there, but, um, you know, we live busy lives and this is an excuse and it shouldn't be this way, but often when I get home and then the other night it was 11 p.m., um, but, uh, you know, and that was, that was from a meeting I'd had, but often we get home and we just want to switch off. Yeah, yeah. But realistically, it should be about relationships and community. And I want to suggest, Gary, when a church is functioning healthily, mm. that's what church is. And that is so important. You know, sometimes people, you know, sort of see church as uh, something that it's more tied up with theology, and there's certainly theology is important within a church. I don't want to undermine that. No. But the thing that I'm conscious of is also community. I know that the church that I certainly am part of, the Brighton Church, every single week uh, we actually have a church lunch. Now, uh, we'll actually have normally now about 110 people, uh, according to my senior deacon, who actually is uh, counts such things, uh, about each uh, uh in our congregation each Sabbath. But we will have 80 or 90 people will stay behind afterwards just to involve themselves in the church lunch. And it's not so much the quality of the food, although the quality of the food is good, it's the fellowship that people really appreciate. And, And Gary, for me, you think about the eclectic group of people that come to churches right across Australia. There's the old, the young, the employed, the unemployed, the various nationalities, um, you name it. Um, that's what a church community is. Yeah. And, and where else in society would a group regularly come together like that? Exactly. Exactly. And so as we begin this new year, about to start, then we need to really appreciate the gift of the church, the body of Christ, and how can we... Individually, I think you're challenging me. I need to invest more in my neighbours that live around me. But also, what about our churches? How can they become a place of relationship? And you know, David, this would make an excellent New Year's resolution, wouldn't it? You know, to turn around and say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to make, uh, you know, I, I'm going to find a, a church home. Mm. You know what? A, what sort of a uh, a blessing could that be to both me and my and my family? What a New Year's resolution! What positive results that could actually actually bring? Because we live in a lonely lonely culture, An don't incredibly we? Incredibly lonely culture, very disconnected. And, and to actually have that support of a group of people who are able to say, "Hey." 
I'm looking out for you mm. uh, is something I, I know young people particularly uh, to actually have seniors who are looking out for them to are actually prepared to pray for them uh, it does something it says something to them that nothing else will say or do very yeah, true. Yeah. Look, let's come to some uh, some music. Now, guys, uh, we've got one of our presenters, of course, is um, uh, Pastor Marty Thompson. And uh, this uh, this song is Marty and his wife, Tanae Thompson. And uh, the song is uh, Keep uh, Pressing On. And for the new year, what a song, what a message this really is. Uh, please, please enjoy.
And that was Marty and Tanae Thompson. And of course, Party Marty, Pastor Marty Thompson is one of our presenters right here on Drive Time. And, uh, he was, uh, singing there with his wife, Tanae. Uh, really appreciate that, uh, that music. I hope you're listening today. Uh, Marty, your day off. Uh, folks, uh, we do have a giveaway, a book for you today. This is written by David Marshall once again, and this is entitled Whole Person Health. Uh, Whole Person Health is a state of complete physical, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. It's not merely the absence of disease. So how is it achieved? Now, this book will actually tell you, will actually respond to that question. Whole Person Health. How can I be healthy, not just physically, not just going for a walk every day, but how can I be healthy socially? What about uh, mentally? Uh, what about uh, spiritually? How can I be healthy? Now, guys, if you would like your own copy of Whole Person Health, then please, uh, all you need to do is to uh, text us. Now, our studio text number, it's our regular text number, is 04888 that number again is 04888 80811. And, uh, all you need to do is to put the code in there in your text. Uh, send this as a text. Uh, five digits, SA151 is all you need to put in there. SA151, five digits in a row. Just text that to 04888 80811 and uh, then our robot will come back to you. Our robot will ask you just a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible. That book again is entitled Whole Person Health and uh, that phone number 04888 80811 and the code is SA15. 51. You won't be speaking to any human. Uh, you'll come straight through to our robot. Our robot will uh, ask you for a little bit of information and then uh, we'll be able to get that book to you in the fastest uh, way way possible. And now, folks, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. And my co-host today is Pastor David Butcher. And David's the president of the South Australian uh, Seventh-day Adventist uh, Church District. And today... Oh, we're looking at New Year's resolutions and uh, today resolutions that could benefit your family and we're going to be suggesting, uh, we're going to be bold enough to suggest some resolutions that might support, might might encourage uh, your family life. Why not consider one of these resolutions in this new year that commences just a couple of days a time? Now, David... Um, um, Christmas is over for another year. This is the time of the year when uh, lots of uh, lots of people are starting to uh, establish uh, some resolutions. They're saying these are the things I must do in order to be able to have a better year than I had last year. Um, now, is that um, the is that a good way to go? I mean, I mean, have you got any any suggestions for us before we kick off on this? Yeah, look, Gary. Um as I was researching this topic, uh, and as I say, I'm not someone for New Year's resolutions, but there could be a case for them, as we've said. But Haggai, the book in the Old Testament, chapter 1, verse 5, and it um, is basically talking about how God's people have neglected God's house, his temple. They've built houses for themselves that are grand, but the temple is, needs to be rebuilt. Uh, and this is what he says in verse 5, God through Haggai. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, 
consider your ways. Mm. And so we've got the new year just before us, and it probably is a very pertinent thing to consider our ways, to consider what's gone on in 2023. It's almost gone. Mm. What's gone on? And what would we like to do different? What would we, would we like to change? And so I think it is pertinent to have some New Year's resolutions and maybe one of mine needs to be to have some, but only a couple. But, but Gary, again, as I was researching this, I came across some resolutions from a great American preacher. His name is Jonathan Edwards, uh, lived in the 1700s. He was an American revivalist preacher, a philosopher, and a theologian. Now, I do need to put a caveat out there. I do not agree with... Uh, Everything that a lot of his theology, particularly around an ever burning hell and the Mm, torment, mm, etc. But uh, let me share with you, just to give you a sample to kick this off, some of his resolutions. And um, uh, he resolved to go over these resolutions once a week, and there's at least sixty. Wow. And so he must have been a very, a man that was... Um, Incredibly disciplined. That's the word I'm after. So they're broken up into different sections. Let me read just some of these, Gary's, just to sort of whet our appetite. Resolve to live with all my might while I do live. So remember, this is the 1700s. So mm. some of the language is, 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 is different. Resolved always to do that which I shall wish I had done when I see others do it. And that was written August 11, 1723. As far as time management goes, resolve never to lose one moment of time, but improve it the most profitable way I possibly can. Resolve never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Mm-hmm. So this is a man of great discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, resolve to inquire every night before I go to bed whether I have acted in the best way I possibly could with respect to eating and drinking, January 7, 7, 1723. And then as far as relationships go, resolved always to do what I can towards making, maintaining, establishing, and preserving peace when it can be without overbalancing detriment in other respects. Mm. Resolve never to speak evil of any except I have some particular good call for it. Um, he talks about um, also suffering, uh, and I won't read those resolutions, but what, uh, just a couple more on character. Resolved if I take delight in it as a gratification of pride or vanity or any other such account immediately to throw it by. Mm. So if he begins to experience pride or vanity, to immediately push that out of his mind. Here is one from July 8, 1723. Whenever I hear anything spoken in conversation of any person, if I think it would be praiseworthy in me, resolve to endeavor to imitate it. And then when it comes to the scriptures, resolve to study the scriptures so so steadily, constantly and frequently, as that I may find and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of the same. And um, it just goes on and on. I'll share one more with you. This is communion with God. Resolve to improve every opportunity when I am in the best and happiest frame of mind to cast and venture my soul on the Lord Jesus Christ to trust and confide in him and consecrate myself wholly to him that from this I may have assurance of my safety knowing that I confide in my redeemer and and, and these are dated uh, in in across 1722 1723 mm. so he obviously must have kept some record and then he committed to reading them every week 
uh, to remind himself. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm as disciplined uh, with New Year's resolutions as Jonathan That's Edwards. That's amazing what some of these, and some of these, uh, uh, you know, some of the Puritan preachers particularly, it is staggering to consider what it was they were prepared to commit dedicate and uh, and really resolve to do for Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. David, look now, look just tell us now let's just come to our to our subject for for today because I'm just really conscious that uh you know we're talking new year's resolutions. Uh are there is there anything that we might like to consider maybe for, you know, to, to, to build up our families. Because so often, you know, New Year's resolutions are something that oh, I'm going to go and join the gym. That's a, mm. a very common one. Yep. I'm going to not eat butter this year. I'm not going to have ice creams this year. Yep. You know, it's sort of all got to do with uh, with me Self. and with, my, with myself. And some of the, you know, I mean, we can certainly make improvements on our lifestyle and our health, but we're wanting to concentrate today on family. Is there anything we can do? You know, take a New Year's resolution to build up our family. Look, absolutely, Gary. And I think perhaps one that is really pertinent around this time of the year, we've just come out of Christmas, and that is often a time when families come together. Yep. And occasionally, in the background, um, we've all heard stories, uh, and, and I'm thinking about my past. Was there any particular relative that, or extended person that I didn't want to see come to Christmas? Um, you hear horror stories, don't you? Great Uncle George, you know, what un- Great Uncle George is actually going to say and do at the dinner table at Christmas this year. And if he doesn't keep his mouth shut, what, what damage that will cause other members. And, yeah. and I've heard stories, and I'm sure we all have, and you would have, Gary, of people that refuse to go to a Christmas dinner because so-and-so is going to be there, some relative is going to be indeed, there. Indeed. And so the division that that then causes um, in families is, is incredible. It actually gets passed down through generations too, and 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 that is very true, Gary. Because some of those those younger generations may not even fully understand what the issue was over. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, so what we're talking about here, then, Gary, is forgiveness. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- and so, can forgiveness be a New Year's resolution, as you say, not just for self? And it really starts with self, but we're talking about resolutions for families as the new year commences. And, and really, as you say, it's passed down often. Yeah. And look, David, I think this is a really, a really key one. Do you know, I, I am just so conscious of uh, families that I have ministered to who, uh, through, um, uh, through many, many years, there has been something that occurred deep in the past where the individual has never been able to forgive uh, somebody else within the family. And Gary, where I think, and, and sorry, this is just coming to my mind, I know you've got the Bible open there all beautifully highlighted. If you could see uh, through the airwaves, you would see Gary's Bible highlighted in beautiful yellow highlighter. Gary, funerals. Mm-hmm. I know when I do funerals, I specifically ask the family before the funeral when I meet with them several days earlier and I listen and they share and we pray and we comfort and grieve together. I go back to them and I say, listen, if if you've got me doing the welcome or the the thanking people for being there, um, who should I mention? I don't want to forget anyone because Mm. sometimes family members have given me names and someone was left off and they'll come up to me later and they say, why didn't you mention me? And I say, well, look, this is what the family, the direct family told me to say. Sometimes people have said to me, "Um, 
this person we're not inviting, this person we're not notifying, uh, and sometimes they're family members, or mm-hmm. these people we don't want to mention even though they're going to be there. That's yeah. sad. Uh, and look, I think we've both had that type of experience occur, and yet one of the things that to me I look at, you know, Christ gave us this thing called the Lord's Prayer, mm. and in the Lord's Prayer, Christ said some remarkable things, but one of them uh, is concern, uh, concerning forgiveness. Forgive us our debts, says Christ, as we forgive our debtors. In other words, Christ is encouraging us to pray that he will forgive our sins, our debts, to the same extent that we are prepared to forgive the sins or the debts that others have bestowed upon us. And this is really good, isn't there? Because I know people that have said to me, I will never forgive so-and-so because of this. Yeah. And what we really need to remember is that all sin ultimately is against God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so God is a God that is has done everything and is prepared to forgive us of anything. Uh, in fact, there is that beautiful verse in Scripture, isn't there? If, if we confess our sins, mm. he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Indeed. But it yeah. comes down to if we confess. So God is a God who is only too willing to forgive. But what you've just shared there, Gary, um, if you just read that again, God forgives us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In other words, there's a process here, isn't there? There is. There is. And that's what a lot of people don't actually realize. You know, we, we can rattle this off and just simply say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And, of course, he has promised to forgive us our sins. But in Christ teaching the disciples about prayer, what he actually said to them was, I want you to pray that you will, that the Heavenly Father will forgive you to the same extent that you are prepared to forgive those who have sinned against you. Yeah, Gary, I'm, I'm sadly reminded of one particular church. It was in my f- second year of ministry. A- and in this particular small country church, there was a, a, a head elder that had been head elder for about 20 years, and his wife was the, uh, she was the one that ruled the roost. And, and there was another younger uh, lady there. And um, anyway, there were some issues between them. And ultimately, the younger lady, after a period of time, and this was protracted, went up to the older lady, the head elder's wife, and said, listen, she said, um, we should sort this out. She said, because we're, you know, um, we're going to be living in heaven together. Yeah. And um, we need to sort it out now. Mm. And the older lady, um, and I wasn't there, but this is how it came back to me. The older lady said to the younger one who had made that approach, she said, listen, heaven's going to be a big place. We don't have to see each other. Mm. And I don't know about you, Gary, but... um, There's something wrong in there. God is only going to forgive us to the extent we're prepared to forgive others. Mm. The other thing I I hear quite often is um, I'll forgive, but I'm not going to forget. And and is that really forgiveness? Yeah, this is something where, David, I, I suppose, um, is it possible to always forget everything? Perhaps it's not, mm. but it is still possible to bring the issue to our God in prayer because it's amazing the way that our God can even change our own attitude. Uh, and and uh, I, think, I think that what you just said there, the word attitude is key. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, sometimes, you know, particularly I think in cases of, you know, for example, abuse, yep. you know, you can actually, uh, can forgiveness occur 
It's actually a process. Yeah, it's not instantaneous. It's, it's not instantaneous. Uh, but we have to be bringing the, you know, to be able to turn around and say to, um, to, to say this new year, look, I'm going to commence the process. I want to forgive. I'm going to take to the Lord daily that I will be given the grace to be able to forgive uh, great uncle George for the things which he did all those years ago. And, and so really, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pull back on what I said. Often some people say, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. And that's yeah, an attitude yeah, thing. Yeah. There, as you've rightly pointed out, there are people that are perpetrated against abuse, etc. They are scarred psychologically for life. Yeah. And forgiveness can be a long, long process. Forgiveness is not condoning what's done. Yeah. Forgiveness is actually giving that burden, that pain to God yeah. And, yeah. and letting God heal. And, and just on that, Gary, a, a, a text here um, that I want to read, Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Mm. And so while God remembers our sins no more, we often struggle with that, don't we? We do. We do indeed. One other text on forgiveness, Ephesians 4.32. It's a beautiful text. It says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. What a New Year's resolution this would be. So I grew up in a home where my mum would always say, even if you didn't do wrong, learn to say sorry. Mm. And um, um, have I followed that? Most of the time, not all the time, sometimes I've struggled, but I've also learnt through life that um, even people that have hurt me, mm. um, you know, and I praise God, I can think of several of which I'm not going to go into, where I actually can have a good relationship with them, even though things have happened. I've given it to God. Yeah. And so, yeah. Gary, whether it's a husband and wife, whether it's children forgiving their parents or, chi- or parents forgiving their children, this is a New Year's resolution which is which is really beneficial. And thoroughly biblical as well. Mm. Uh, look, just let me joke. We do have to go to the break in just a moment, but I'd just like to go to a second one before we go there, however, and, and that's uh, this issue of gratitude. Yep. You know, to me, as I look at um, uh, a possible resolution that could be an incredible benefit to the family, it's actually this matter of, gratitude and you know sometimes I'm conscious I don't know how you found it David but you actually have to um, physically decide that I am going to be gracious I'm going to express gratitude it actually has to become a part of your uh, part of your uh, day-to-day ethic that's how you choose to operate Absolutely, and, and I was blessed to have a father that modelled that and exhibited that, and and that's something as a family that we do at family worship. What are we thankful, or or what do we have? How do we express our gratitude? What's happened today that enables us to to have gratitude in spite of what may go on? Added to that, Gary, I think something that helps with a resolution for gratitude is giving. And often, um, and I think this is the Christian thing of tithing or offerings, we give because God has given to us. Mm. Uh, God is a a gracious God, a God that has given everything, poured the resources of heaven out in Jesus Christ and the angels. And and so when we give, it it teaches us to have gratitude Mm. because the focus is not on ourselves. Yeah, what a beautiful, beautiful thought. Look, David, we're going to uh, just break this for some music, but when we come back, you mentioned just a moment ago this issue of family worship. 
Now, I'd like to actually open that one up with you in just a, in just a moment because I'm conscious that if ever there's a New Year's resolution that might really be able to benefit many a family, it's this particular issue of family worship. I'd really like to know what is it that you actually do in family worship and how do we get ourselves started in that type of a thing? So look, we'll come to that in a moment. Let's come to some music now. This is uh, Evie and uh, Pele Carlson and uh, this is Nehemiah's prayer. Uh, please, uh, please enjoy.
Evie and Pele Carlson, and that was Nehemiah's prayer. That's a beautiful prayer. It comes straight from the Word of God. It's something that uh, I'd recommend. Uh, please go to your Word of God, have, go to the Scriptures, and uh, and just have a read of uh, that. It's actually found in the book of uh, Nehemiah. Uh, you'll love love that. Now, folks, look, we do have a giveaway uh, book for you uh, today. Uh, that book, again, is the book entitled Whole Person Health. Um, what is Whole Person Person Health? Uh, is it a, it's a state of complete physical, mental, social and spiritual well-being, not merely the absence of disease. Uh, so how is it achieved? Find out. And of course, we're encouraging you at the beginning of this brand new year to why not uh, take commit yourself to some resolutions, maybe not just physical resolutions, not just joining the gym. We're encouraging you to do that. Uh, go for a walk every day. We encourage you to do that. But you know, there are other resolutions that might impact your family and that might impact your spiritual life that we'd love you to be able to consider uh, as well. Now, this book, Whole Health, A Person Health, uh, you can actually receive uh, this book uh, from uh, from us uh, and... Uh, all you need to do is to text us. Now, our studio text number is 04 888 80811 and uh, all you've got to do is in the text portion just text us five digits that's SA151 SA151 uh, South Australia 151 and uh, send that to 04888 80811 and um, that'll go through to our robot and he'll ask you just a couple of questions and um, uh, then uh, we'll be able to send this book to you in the fastest uh, way possible. So we'd encourage you, if you'd like this book, Whole Person Health by um, David Marshall, uh, we'd love to send it to you. Just um, 04 80811 and send us the code SA151. Now, folks, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary, and my co-host today is Pastor David Butcher, and he's the president of the uh, South Australian uh, Seventh-day Adventist uh, Church. And uh, today uh, we're looking at uh, New Year's resolutions, and today we're asking that uh, question, resolutions, uh, could they benefit your family? What resolutions are there that you might like to consider that could really build up your family? You know, we've built up this, uh, we've talked about this issue of forgiveness. It's a really big one. Christ actually emphasizes it in, in, his, in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we've talked about gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. Uh, what a way that uh, could actually build up the, the family. Now, David, uh, just before the break, I did ask you about this uh, subject of uh, family worship. Now, is that really all that important? I mean, is that something that's worth considering at uh, uh, this time at maybe a New Year's resolution? What's that text, Gary? Um, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Uh, you know, I've heard—I don't know if it's true—but uh, the Catholics say that if you give, a, give them a child till the age of seven, they'll be able to, you know, instill in them. Uh, and I think there is truth to that. And um, so, for me, I think uh, family worship's important on a number of fronts. It, it gets the family together. Two. It instills in children um, values. It instills in them faith. It instills in them um, its modelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess our family, and before I say that, um, 
in, in looking into this topic for this week, just before the new year and resolutions, one of the resolutions I came across in a whole list was um, what's one thing you could do this year to enrich the spiritual legacy you will leave to your children and grandchildren? And I think it was last Saturday I was in a church and um, a lady was saying in, in a Bible study group there, she said, you know, um, please pray. She was telling the group, please pray for, um, you know, her grandchildren. Um, mm. uh, her daughter doesn't, um, it was a man actually saying, her, their, their daughter doesn't regularly go to church, mm. um, but the grandchildren come over and stay with them and they read, when the grandchildren are young, come over, they actually read them Bible stories mm. and, and mm. stories as, as such things. A- and the husband, of 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 the grandchildren, he's not a churchgoer, uh, less than the wife. But um, he has com- He's comfortable with those stories being read, and so now he's reading to his own children some of these stories. And um, his father-in-law has seen some changes in mm-hmm, him because mm-hmm. of that. So so worship and, and instilling in children the values, Christian values, and the stories of Jesus. I think. Um, Provides them a faith base and a biblical. But what world do you view? actually do yeah. when yeah. you have when you say you have family worship? Well, I mean, what does now, it look like? What does it look like? Is this a half hour event? I mean, what, no, what, what, what? no, it's not. It's it's ten to fifteen minutes. Sometimes it's even shorter. Yeah. But uh, and it's varied. Uh, when our children were young, it was just like almost like a, a Bible verse, a, a paragraph that we'd read from a book, and then there was a, a rhyming sent like a three or four word sentence that summed it up and prayer time. There are times where we will write down prayers. We'll do a gratitude mm-hmm. jar or a thankfulness jar. Um, we've also, like our son was very visual, and so mm-hmm. we'd look at Christian videos, animated mm-hmm. videos. Um, we will read through uh, parts of the gospel, small mm-hmm. segments, mm-hmm. and then talk about it and share what we think that means to us. One of the things we've also done is read some um, you know, biographies of, mm-hmm. of, of great Christian people. Mm-hmm. And uh, perhaps one of, I guess, often some things we've also done and I really cherish is is with our family is reading mission stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's good because it instills in children and young people uh, to think beyond themselves. Okay. So, yeah, um, a whole variety of different things. Sometimes yeah. we'll write prayers down. When they were really young, we would listen to scripture in song. So Bible promises, Psalms, etc., that were put to music, uh, with lyrics and um and I our daughter had that you know not chapters but but portions of chapters she just kids pick it up readily mm, and they just mm. recite it so yeah not we don't spend a lot of time uh, typically not half an hour probably about 15 minutes uh, with discussion looking at the bible reading some stories Reflecting and praying. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. And in, in our case, one of the things that we've really appreciated is, you know, to actually start off by saying, you know, how's your day been today? And uh, that question I found has been really key because it gives people, you know, we just go around and just share uh, what has actually been going on in our lives today because uh, we live in such a um, a flat out uh, rat race um, treadmill type type world that often uh, you can actually go entire days and you don't actually know where the other person is actually at. And that's true, Gary. Like our son is uh, 17, uh, just uh, finished year 11, starting year 12 this year coming. And um, 
you know, teenagers, they like time by themselves. They, mm. they open up sometimes more to their friends than to you. So actually doing that at worship time yeah. is really valuable. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's almost equivalent, Gary, but with not necessarily the same level of spirituality to eating together. And that is something, a resolution, I think, that families can make. I mean, they, there's statistics that have been done on families that, that sit down together for, you know, X number of family meals a week that, that bonds them together. And mm. that has been something in our own home that, that we've prided and really focused on as well. Mm. Mm. Okay. I really appreciate that. So family worship, uh, an incredible possibility. I, I well remember when our children were young being able to sing songs with them, you know, songs that they they actually knew, really loved being able to do that. But, David, one other um, item I'd just love to sort of bounce off you. What do you think, the, is there a place for service? And, I mean, what does that actually mean in this entire, uh, you know, is that something we could create a New Year's resolution for? Look, I think I think there is. And, and children, I know even, um, particularly my son uh, when he was younger, um, it's one thing to talk about God, but it's another thing to see Christianity demonstrated. Yeah. And I think children are very visual and practical. And so with a family, I think engaging in service to others really matters. And um, Galatians 5, verse 13 and 14 basically says, For you have been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. And then it goes on, for all the law can be summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, we're living in a world that is self-centered. And mm. and I know my own time, Gary, and I'm sure all of us, we're very busy. How can we fit something else in? Uh, and this is an area uh, when our kids were younger that that we did a lot more of than we do now. But I think personally... Uh, you know, we're in we're in roles, you and I, and many people that are service orientated. But going beyond that and serving the community, doing meals on wheels or something like that, just serving your neighbour, elderly people, whatever it yeah, might be, yeah. that is something that I think that young children take note of. And and maybe this is not service, but I know something still in our family when we're walking through various cities, and and even Adelaide has a lot of homeless people now. Mm. Mm. But I know in Melbourne, whenever we go there, we're out and about. If we're we're staying in the the middle of the CBD, uh, there is always homeless people, and mm. particularly my wife. I've got to give her credit. She will always go up. She will speak to them. She'll offer to buy them a drink or a meal. And our kids um, forever remember that that mum's going to stop and she's going to talk. Yes, a- yes and uh, yes. connect with people, but then offer them some food. Yeah, uh, yeah, or whatever yeah. it may be, but you could be involved in some service-orientated project in your community, and it's that example that your children actually pick up, don't they? They do, and they remember that. Now, will they do exactly the same? Probably not, but mm-hmm. hopefully, there'll be some level of care uh, and service uh, instilled for other people. Yeah, yeah. I, I well remember actually, David. I went with, uh, I took my son on one particular occasion over to uh, uh, to Port Lincoln. Uh, when I was was actually I was actually involved in ministry over over there, and we were actually uh, flying over, and so I t- actually took him with me, and it was the same weekend as a Royal Adelaide show, and I still remember he got over there, and he came back, and he said, "Oh, uh, we actually went out and did some fishing while we were while we were there," 
and he said, oh, this is better than the show. And, uh, you know, to me, that said a great deal, actually. It's true, Gary. I went over there too with my son. You had told yeah, me that. Yeah, I took yeah. him over and we flew over, hired a car, and we did ministry, but we also had some time out. But we drew, uh, drove to the start of the Great Australian Bite, just near yeah, Sejuna, yeah. visited a man, visited some other people on the way back. And my son now, this is uh, three years ago, he still talks about that trip. And remember that person, Dad, and remember what was said. And yeah. and um, it's really good to model that to your children, isn't yeah, it? It is. It is. And what better New Year's resolution could there be, particularly when we're actually living in a world which is becoming more and more of a rat race, that's becoming a, a non-stop uh, world, that's becoming a uh, a world where it's so easy to get wrapped up in the stuff that you must do that you actually forget, you omit the children uh the you know your entire family your wife uh and uh you know hey this is an amazing resolution that could be made it is gary and i know we need to conclude but maybe one other thing really quickly is what is the single most important thing that i could do or you could do our listeners to improve the quality of our family time this year and um, I know at the moment, you know, well, just recently I've been putting in very, very long hours because of uh, things that are, have time constraints. And I know I need to invest more in my family. How can I do that? Uh, one of the things I think we could all look at is what are we doing that's time-wasting? You know, social yeah. media, yeah. you know, YouTube, you name it. What are some of the things we can do to cut back on to actually have more quality family time? Because it's all about relationships, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. Really appreciate And thank you so much for that, David. I'm conscious we do need to, to finish. We are coming close to the top of the hour. Would you like to say a prayer with us uh, for our listeners and maybe for, for someone as they consider the New Year's resolutions that they're actually going to put in place? Father God, we want to thank you for your guidance and your care and your protection over this year. Lord, um, as we reflect, we look back, we see some challenging times, no doubt. We look at other things, Lord, where we could clearly see your hand. Maybe there are people, Lord, listening today that uh, feel downtrodden, cannot see a way forward. Uh, dark thoughts, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that they will be able to find you in that process. Father, I pray for those who have struggled with forgiveness. And, um, Lord, may that be something that we can have as a resolution that we will look to give that baggage, that pain to you. doesn't excuse what's done, Lord, but we give you that pain. Mm. Father, I think, too, of um, families considering to make, and, and we want to encourage them to make that commitment to spend devotional time, worship time with you, Modeling to children. And Lord, there is service. Modeling service. There is also modeling that quality family time together. Lord, help us to make some changes. So guide and bless our listeners, Lord, as 2023 comes to a close and we await with anticipation, Lord, and your guidance and your blessing 2024. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us. It does look like our time's up for today. Uh, thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor David on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join Drive Time tomorrow when Pastor Hugh and Pastor Fabiano will be with us and Pastor Hugh will be asking, how can I have a better spiritual life? 
Really look forward to your being with us. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God abundantly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.